From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome to the program. We've got this first hour, our monthly regular, Jeff Rich joining us he's a retired australian government uh, official we'll be looking at the state of the world and first time guest is coming up second hour ernie baca host of the retired life in mexico no bull channel he lives here in uh, mexico so we'll be talking about expatriation uh, and life in mexico for anyone interested in not only Mexico, but uh, coming on down to Latin America. Got a few quotes for you here that these pop up in my feed. The Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn once wrote, quote, let, us, let each of us make a choice, whether consciously to remain a servant of falsehood or to shrug off the lies and become an honest man worthy of respect both by one's children and contemporaries good stuff right there and this is an anon account that is uh, i thought was really good it came across yesterday it says quote people are sleepwalking into neo-feudalism life as a subscription service no private property no class mobility just a few million aristocrats and the people they keep as pets in a post-liberal post-enlightenment hell world i think that's on point uh also uh and I, I thought I just mentioned this uh local news here in my town there's this crazy video that was released uh a few days ago here where I live in Mexico it's 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 a video footage of a of your ordinary cafe coffee shop and there's four people uh sitting at uh these uh the coffee tables uh it's 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 still outside the the actual coffee shop so two people at one table and then a, a deputy police director is walking in to get his coffee I, I I I gather it's his usual routine because as soon as he approaches the door the the two people and there was one uh two women and two guys they pull out guns and shoot him to death uh and then they 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 run away so they must have been um following his routine but it's just another day in Mexico here but what can I tell you so this was in my town here policeman shot going to the coffee shop so there you go in Mexico the the customers shoot you uh pretty crazy pretty wild Nikki Haley is back in the news again now she says it's time to raise the retirement age where do they get these people seriously first she wants to implement the social credit system now she wants to raise the retirement age talk about neo-feudalism she says for everyone coming into the system you change it you say we're going to raise the retirement age to reflect life expectancy we're no longer going to do cost of living increases we're going to do increases based on inflation absolutely crazy and it's starting to get scary because the bankers are very interested now in Nikki Haley that really um that's a signal right there Jamie Dimon held private conversations with um Nikki Haley and Axios says um right here it says uh 
Diamond's informal phone conversations are a vivid sign of the growing establishment enthusiasm for Haley. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Neocon Nikki. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll be in the world of trouble if she gets into the White House. Um, I mean, even if she doesn't, we still will be in a world of trouble. But <laughs> uh, here's a BBC article, but I think it makes a good point. Uh, Kevin McCarthy accused of elbowing fellow Republican. And the takeaway here is that, quote, in the article, it says, this Congress has seen a substantial increase in breaches of decorum, unlike anything we have seen since the pre-Civil War era. Uh, I think there was also an event where uh, a congressman almost wanted to start a fight uh, earlier this week. So, again, a sign of decline of America, perhaps, and the empire. YouTube boasts about elevating quality content, collaborating with the World Homicide Organization and suppressing misinformation. Great report out from Reclaim the Net. So they are just openly in our faces now, shoving the tyranny shamelessly down our throats. Uh, and this one is absolutely crazy. Chevrolet app turns off vehicle involved in janesville police chase this is in wisconsin uh, i believe the vehicle involved in a police chase in janesville was able to be turned off remotely using the automakers app police explained the vehicle uh, there was a 50 year old driving the vehicle which was believed to be stolen and so i guess the cops just shut off the car Imagine in the future if, in this case, perhaps we're dealing with a you know, real criminal, but um, we already know that our government is run by criminals. So, you know, to, tomorrow, if our criminal government labels one of us innocent citizens as criminals just because they don't like us, they'll, they can shut off our car and, you know, we can't, can't drive anymore. This is, this is absolutely absolutely crazy and uh, algorithm ghetto news syrian girl who's a popular analyst i think she's been on tnt before i followed her for years she just said that uh buy me a coffee which i also use to get donations for my podcast buy me a coffee just banned my account for opposing genocide in gaza uh she says i never even posted on it she's moving to kofi kofi so uh there you go that's the algorithm ghetto you commit a thought crime they will shut you off uh anywhere and everywhere they can find you a quick reminder that if you miss your favorite tnt radio show or interview don't freak out you can always listen back when you want whenever you want uh, just go to tntradio.live, uh, visit the episodes. We're also on the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, and so forth. iHeart, there's no reason to miss anything on TNT Radio. Talking the talk. I like the conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Multiple outlets are starting to report that an armed gang has stormed a hospital in, no, not Israel, but Haiti, and taken hundreds of hostages, including newborn babies. Here with this developing story, joining me now is Teenage Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, very fascinating that hospitals seem to be getting 
targeted, at least in the headlines lately. Um, so this, I really wish there was more information about this. This is so like breaking news and just developing um, pretty much all we have to go on is uh, a report from Associated Press uh, who states here that a heavily armed gang burst into a hospital in Haiti on Wednesday and took hostage hundreds of women, children, and newborns, according to the director of the medical center who pleaded for help via social media. Jose Ulissi, founder and director of the Fontaine Hospital Center in the sprawling City Solil, that's Sun City, I believe. Uh, it's a slum now, basically, in the capital of Port-au-Prince. Uh, he confirmed the incident in a brief message exchange with the Associated Press. He said, quote, we are in great difficulty, end quote. Ulysses said on social media that, quote, unquote, hundreds of patients at the hospital were taken hostage, but the number could not immediately be confirmed. No further details were available, and it was not clear why the assailants may have taken patients hostage. Ulysses did not respond to further questions for comment. Uh, a spokesman for Haiti's National Police did not immediately return a message for comment. Um, the hospital is considered an oasis and a lifeline in a community overrun by gangs that have unleashed increasingly violent attacks against each other with cities, uh, with civilians, excuse me, who live in site City Solil routinely raped, beaten, or killed. Ulysses identified those responsible as members of the Brooklyn gang led by Gabriel Jean-Pierre, best known as T. Gabriel. Jean-Pierre also is the leader of a powerful gang alliance known as G-Pep, one of two rival coalitions in Haiti. The Brooklyn gang has some 200 members and controls certain communities within City Soleil, including Brooklyn. They are involved in, but not limited to, extortion, hijacking of goods, and general violence against civilians, according to a recent UN report. Uh, the report stated, quote, the GPEP coalition and its allies strongly reinforced cooperation and diversified their revenues, in particular by committing kidnapping for ransom, which has enabled them to strengthen their fighting capacity. End quote. Um, I took a little deeper look into an earlier report in February, which is when this report from the UN came out. Uh, there was one it said that this report from back then said that from uh, July 8th to uh, December 31st in 2022, gang violence resulted in 263 murders in the Brooklyn neighborhood. Uh, and it documented at least 57 gang rapes of women and girls, as well as kidnappings, sexual exploitation. Notably, right here, this is crazy. One day, in one day alone, July 8th, 2022, gang members murdered 95 people, including six children, one of whom was two years of age. Shocking. Uh, and now this, um, it says here by the Associated Press that when they visited the Fontaine Hospital Center earlier this year, the same person, uh, the director, Ulysses, said in an interview that gangs had tiger targeted him personally twice before. Uh, and then check this out. Earlier this year, at least 20 armed gang members burst into a hospital run by Doctors Without Borders and snatched a patient, just one, from an operating room. Uh, 
apparently the criminals gained access after faking a life-threatening emergency. But this is insane, brazen, out of a movie or a Netflix series, an absolute nightmare, Herbori. What do you think about this? It's a movie coming to you soon, uh, Elysium. You know, this is our Mad Max future. This sort of stuff is not uncommon in parts of Latin America. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to complain right now. I get frustrated with some of these people who are promoting expatriation um, in Latin America. Not my hour two guest, Ernie Baca. He, that's why his channel is called No Bull. But I saw someone recently post um, a comment that they get a six days a week, eight hours a day made for $90, which in Mexico, which makes absolutely no sense. It's a flat out lie because um, that's that's like way below the average price. But anyways, um, yeah, you know, this is a common thing. I have mentioned before how one of my guests told me now, even in the U.S., uh, you've got Mexican immigrants, Latin immigrants in the U.S. being kidnapped by other Mexican immigrants in, in the United States, in California and then Arizona and other places. Um, uh, in fact, or, uh, last week I got an SMS from a short code number, not from her phone number, which said, hello, Hurway. how are you, senor? And I'm thinking, and then one of my Mexican friends, he quickly searched it and said, that's typical extortion or scam number. And often it's these criminals in Mexican prison uh, doing this <laughs> extortion. So look, I think it's it's unpleasant, but I think going forward from Haiti to Mexico, to even the United States. Now, we're just going to see an increase in this sort of thing. So this is why I think it's good to get your health in order, get in shape, get some firearms, uh, you know, uh, think about operational security, situational awareness, this sort of thing, because, uh, and, you know, in, in many ways, it could even be the, the Bible prophecy, which talks about the end times and how everything's going to be, uh, it's going to be a horrible time to live in. Uh, I've, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people freak out with nuclear war and all this other stuff, but I actually think this total breakdown in law and order and society across the world, across the nations is actually more frightening because what are you going to do when you got marauding gangs, uh, you know, like in, in that movie, uh, Cormac McCarthy's, um, was that movie? Uh, can't remember the post-apocalyptic film with Viggo Mortensen and his son. Uh, anyways, uh, your further thoughts, Ruckus? Uh, certainly sounding apocalyptic out there in Haiti. Um, I, there was, of course, that massive earthquake. Uh, geez, I completely forgot what year that was, but that's certainly led to some problems. But um, according to the Associated Press, as far as the, the gang problem, uh, they've been able to establish a powerful uh, foothold ever since the president was assassinated back in July of 2021. Uh, and since then, the number of kidnappings and killings are on the rise. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what the contributing factors are here. Um, I hope it's not a sign of uh, things to come for um, other places around the world but most likely it is and it almost seems like you know we were talking about movies it would be an interesting third installment if that's possible for the escape series by john carpenter escape from new york escape from la and then they would have to do escape from haiti right um but i don't know scary times Rory. i hope people are taking care of themselves arming up and protecting their loved ones escape from 
Latin America. No, now it's escaped to Latin America. But you know, here it mentions gangs in Haiti have become more powerful after the assassination of President Moise, leading to an increase in kidnappings and, and, and killings. We can think no, no, no one else, none other than um, Washington, the American Empire, which you know, there's clues that they took him out. Um, and it's this is the consequence of all these regime changes by the empire all over the world, especially in Latin America, when you which lead to failed states. So when you got a failed state, there, there's it's anarchy. That's why the gangs are then empowered to do what they do. So we can also blame Washington as uh, usual. And the movie, of course, was The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Uh, I read the book first, fantastic book, and then the film was good uh, uh, as well. Kind of freaky though. You got marauding uh, bands of of cannibals that Viggo Mortensen and his son have to evade pretty freaky all right jeff rich will be joining us feel free to call in we'll be right back tnt radio's steve malsberg israel rescued a female member of the idf who was kidnapped by hamas and the media interpreted that or put that out accidentally on purpose as she was released now what does that mean that means that the good people of hamas released another hostage it took dana perino on the five on fox to actually say and indict her own network, who when they went live to their guy in Israel, also used the word released. And when they finally came back to Dana to talk about everything, she said, I just want to say something. She said earlier today, Israel rescued that female soldier. And we made a mistake too. We said she was released. She wasn't released. And she went into the whole thing about how that just props up Hamas. I mean, how could journalists, quote unquote, not know the freaking difference between rescued and released? Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Affordable housing. We can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. It sounds pretty good. It's it like, sounds real, it's dude. not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Returning to the... Headway Money Show is Jeff Rich, writer, historian, content creator, podcaster, recently retired government uh, official. Check out his stuff over at theburningarchive.com, jeffrich.substack.com. He's also on X at Archive Burning. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing really well this morning. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, and a uh, lot is going on. There sure is. I I see. This morning we've had uh, Biden and G meeting, and uh, 
nothing terrible seems to have happened as a result, <laughs> which is perhaps a good thing. And um, and the UN Security Council seems to have passed a vote with uh, US compliance at least, or or you know it allowed it to proceed, calling for a humanitarian pause in Gaza, which is perhaps not all that one could hope for, but is certainly a bit of a bit of progress. So I don't know, maybe maybe I've been speculating the United States might be sleepwalking to peace. <laughs> not sleepwalking what? to war, but I don't know if we quite know the answer to that question yet. Yeah, we we can only hope. I've been looking around the socials the twitter sphere articles websites and picking up commentary uh and for now as you allude to it seems that um you know one of the behind the scenes reasons some analysts have said for xi jinping meeting with biden is to calm things down right as you mentioned regarding world war um three so i'm sure they're dealing with uh that uh, so, uh, and, you know, issues that are going on with Netanyahu um, uh, and Israel, uh, you know, again, maybe we're going to see things simmer down. But then again, I feel like at any moment, what, you know, one thing can happen and all all heck break, breaks loose. So, um, you know, your, your further thoughts here. Well, I mean, I guess that's part of the, the story about... Uh, World War One. So, I mean, there's this great book by Christopher Clark called Sleepwalkers, um, how Europe, I think, went to war in uh, 1914. And he really describes how um, people were sort of caught up in their, their sort of half understood realities of the world and just um, were a little bit carried along by events. Uh, with all sorts of misunderstandings and all sorts of divisions within the executive governments of the era. And it's perhaps not dissimilar now. We have Joe Biden one day saying, you know, the United States is the most powerful country that's ever ruled the earth <laughs> and uh, in human history. And uh, the next day, looking a little bit sheepish, as uh, Xi Jinping says, stop referring to us as competitors. Um, it's it's just provocative, and and the world's big enough for both of us. So, um, but I guess the worry is whether Joe Biden or the uh, the ruling group within America has enough authority to control the the hotheads within america because i guess the risk of uh the sort of israel gaza situation spilling over into uh, a, a broader conflict is is just enormous and that would be utterly disastrous but at least with china there seems to be you know a uh, a series of steps that might be saying um, look, we just can't handle all this. <laughs> you know, let's stop. Um, so, you know, the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, has been over there and uh, um, Xi Jinping um, in the readout of that meeting gave Anthony Albanese quite an earful, really, Um 
uh, and he seems to have accepted that and just said, "Yes, okay, we don't want any, we don't want to fight over Taiwan." <laughs> so maybe that's a good sign. And then maybe this, the fact that this summit has occurred with uh, Xi Jinping and Biden is also a good sign. But and also that um, America and the UK now seem to at the UN Security Council. Uh, seem to uh, acknowledge that the world is very angry about the um, civilian um, casualties, deaths, and you know just the horror of what's been going on in Gaza over the last six weeks or so. Yeah, and a few interesting things. Some of the people I follow have said, like John Robb, um, who does the Global Guerrillas Report, he said the danger of secretly arming Taiwan to the teeth, as we have been doing, is that it radically increases the chance of invasion in the near term before it becomes more costly to do so. Pippa Malmgren, uh, she said, she pointed out, as you've been discussing, this meeting uh, between China and the US now signals that perhaps geopolitics has become too expensive for China. Like you just said, that they're like, well, we can't handle this. And so let's uh, meet uh, also a few interesting things. I think there are other variables, as I mentioned earlier, that could push us into a crisis the economic the financial crisis the the treasuries it seems like the um china is uh winding down its purchase of uh, treasuries and there's a quote here from axel merck says he's he's citing the the historian the establishment historian niall ferguson any great power that is spending more on debt servicing than on defense is probably not going to be great for much longer a really important reason to be concerned about the ability of u.s to project power over multiple theaters over the next 10 uh years it's it's time to go uh jeff to our headlines we'll be right back real news tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill israeli soldiers have stormed gaza city's main hospital to root out the hamas terrorists they say are hiding beneath the medical facility in an underground command center the uk supreme court has ruled the government's controversial rwanda policy is unlawful only hours after outgoing home secretary suella braverman said there was no credible plan b a petition calling for a guarantee of cash and banking services in australia has received more than 150,000 signatures since its launch in late march by jason Rice from Cash Welcome. If you miss your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We're also on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT radio. We're talking to Jeff Rich of theburningarchive.com, jeffrich.substack.com. He's got a podcast. You can check out his uh, a book. And, and one more thing, Jeff, I just um, got wind of this just a few hours ago. Uh, speaking of World War, George Friedman, right, one of the geopolitical experts, geopolitical futures, he put out uh, a memo about a week ago, and I found this just today. And he's talking about the world of flame. He just said, I heard from two people I trust highly that Serbia is preparing for war. Serbia and Kosovo fought a bloody war in 1998-99 in which the U.S. and NATO sided with Kosovo, conducted a bombing campaign against Serbia. I hope these sources are wrong, but I think this will happen and spread beyond the Balkans. And he's outlying, he's surveying the global scene, how China's been intruding on the margins of the Philippines. You've got that, um, you know, Turkey in Central Asia, Ukraine, Russia. 
you know, um, Nagorno-Karabakh. And he, his point is, this is weird. Uh, you know, when you try to compare it to World War One or World War Two, you had alliances of countries in the previous wars where they had like a common goal or common foundation, he says. But now we're seeing all these independent conflicts where they're not really overtly connected. And he, and he also says, you know, uh, that just because there's this talk of war, it, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. He says that most rumor, rumored wars never happen. But it's interesting that in general, he's talking uh, this way. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, I've just finished reading this book by John Darwin uh, called uh, Unlocking the World, Port Cities and Globalisation in the Age of Steam. And it, it sort of describes the era of globalisation that happened between uh, 1830 and the First World War. And he sort of presents the First World War as, to some degree, the sort of uh, crisis that happened at the end of that phase as it started to fall apart. Uh, and I kind of feel that there's a bit of a similar tone to world events at the moment. It's like we're at the end of a phase of globalisation that, you know, say began in 1991 with the collapse of the Soviet Union and there's has been a very uh, Western-centric, American-centric globalisation, you know, the Western rules-based uh, international order. Uh, and I think what we're seeing is the crisis of Ukraine, the crisis of uh, Israel-Gaza, uh, um, and all these other um, bubbling conflicts around the world uh, are showing that the... The, the world is just not as people told themselves it was in that era of American globalisation. It's actually um, uh, it, all the other parts of the world have a lot more power, a lot more influence, a lot more resources at their command. And it's as if everyone has suddenly woken up and realised that the sort of distribution of power uh, and the distribution of risk, I guess, around the world is different to what it was certainly before uh, February 2022. Uh, and um, it that is, I guess, uh, so as a result, people are taking, like I guess Hamas did, took a risky uh, decision to, to escalate you know, risky and horrible uh, decision to escalate a conflict um, and sort of change change the status quo. But we may well see other other kind of events like that around the world. But I do feel that this uh, uh, we're sort of entering a new phase of globalization where it's it's globalization outside of the West. It's sort of like it's Russia and China deepening their sort of interconnections it's the you know west you know all the arab muslim states deepening their interconnections and deepening their connection connections it's the connections between BRICS and all the rest of that and um i guess the west and america is going to have to make a, a decision about how they position themselves with these sort of new forces what do yeah, you think about that 
I mean, it's a bit of a, uh, I know you talk about the global reset, but I, I, I kind of feel it's a little bit more chaotic than that. And it's, it, no one's really in charge. And certainly, uh, I mean, the, the people at the WF might want to sort of be in charge, but I just don't think they are anymore. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, agree with you because in these moments, um, you know, there are powerful entities that lose power, others that gain them. Um, I, I still, you know, I, I on on the spectrum, I I, I tend to, to think more that that the, that there are these sort of permanent um, entities. Uh, maybe things don't go the way that they want, and then power ends up shifting to another geographic location but i was listening to uh, an interview today from rt uh, a new interview with sergey lavrov conducted in english about 45 minutes uh on rt's rumble channel highly recommend people check that out and again his his language is kind of as you're talking he was uh speaking on the, along those lines he was using the phrase the the, the masters of the universe I, I think and he was saying that they need to sober up he was talking about Eurasia uh, and that it's open to everyone on Eurasia, even um, the masters of the universe. He, I think he said, he said, if, if they sober up, then they can join us. Uh, and so they're really patient, Rus the Russians and, and, and others. He was talking about how the Shanghai Cooperation Organization is going to integrate with the Eurasian Union and all this um, stuff. So that, that was uh, interesting. And then um, so, so it, it definitely does seem to be like that is the way things are going um you're seeing a lot of i'm seeing a lot of infrastructure projects today i, I was looking at uh, in the western sahara they want to i think the the king of morocco wants to la launch this huge gas uh, you're just right around the Afri half of the african coast is gas pipeline that's supposedly would bring electricity to i don't know how many you know millions of africans uh and then you've got even the U.S. is trying to compete now in, I think, the Malacca Strait. They want to bring, uh, you know, all these different projects. So it feels like we're there's this competition now, but not military now. It's it's mm -hmm. uh, for spheres of influence, for economy, for infrastructure, um, soft power at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know your your thoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, let's hope it stays that way. Um, uh, um... But, you know, I guess we, uh, I mean, 2024 is going to be a year of some very big elections. And the, I guess, the domestic politics of America may well influence how some of these things uh, work out. But I, I would have thought it'd be highly, <laughs> highly, highly, highly risky for America to escalate matters further in 2024 when you know they must know they're losing in ukraine and they must know they they've lost diplomatically in in israel gaza as well and they're just alienated in so many parts of the world so i just can't see how how even the most megalomaniac geostrategist of the US State Department could possibly think they could um, carry off a third or a fourth war in 2024. So I guess I'm calculating that maybe there's there's limits to the, the ambition of um, 
the, the American geostrategists. And I suspect it's largely in their hands. But, I mean, 2024, we've got an election in Taiwan. Uh, and as I understand it, the relatively um, militant sort of pro-independence candidate is the most likely to win, but that's largely because the opposition's divided. So you'll win with like 30% of the vote sort of thing. We've got an election in India. We've got an election in Indonesia. We've got an election in America as well. So they're all, and I think we've even got an election in Russia, if I'm not uh, mistaken as well. So, <laughs> so uh, which could be, I mean, could be um, an historic event. And <laughs> so it's going to be a pretty interesting year. But the, yeah, yeah. that election in Taiwan, I think, is in January or February as well. So how, how that uh, happens and how how the world sort of responds to the um, boat in Taiwan uh, might well set the uh, pattern for events, uh, certainly between US and China. In in Russia, it's going to be uh, Putin or Putin. But um, regarding Taiwan, I'm not as well versed in the Taiwanese domestic politics, but I just, uh, I was sort of, going through my twitter feed again cleaning things up um and i came across it says taiwan's opposition parties will join forces in the pivotal january presidential election so things can get uh interesting there yeah. and you recently wrote a piece uh well just to go to ukraine for a second yeah um i i found this statement today it says head of Head of Ukrainian military intelligence, Kirill Budanov, speculates that there may not be a formal end to the war with Russia for decades. He is reported to have raised the possibility of a scenario similar to post-war Russia-Japan relations in which the fighting stops, but no peace treaty is signed. And then uh, you did a thread and a, a substack, your articles, the, the ruin of Ukraine, the West's illusions uh, dispelled. Uh, you say the earthquake that reshaped the multipolar world in 2022 is still shuddering. We will see who really leads the world and how when the quaking ends at that time, Western political elites will face the reckoning uh, they deserve. But it, it does seem on all fronts, um, Zelensky is just losing his mojo. Um, militarily, Ukraine is losing. Uh, your further thoughts here on the ruin of Ukraine. Well, I mean, it's just so tragic, and I, I've been a little bit reluctant to write much about Ukraine over the last six months or so because it's sort of like a, a slow-moving tragedy. But, you know, so many Ukrainians have died. So many people have fled the country. The economy's in ruins. The, um, you know, Zelensky's cancelled elections. There's open infighting between the different groups. There's speculation about uh, you know, a coup by um, Zelensky against the generals and a coup by the generals against Zelensky. Uh, Kirill Budanov might evoke the sort of failure of the Russia-Japan War of 1905 to negotiate a peace, but he might also refer to the fact that technically, um, you know, America is still at war with Korea from 1950 or something. So, so there's been a few failures to um, 
negotiate peace uh, there. Increasingly, it looks like, uh, to me at least, that Russia is going to um, uh, force a capitulation of some kind or other uh, from Ukraine. Uh, and the talk about you know negotiations and freezing conflicts is 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 um, copium, as uh, people say. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I, I guess the thing is, throughout this war with uh, in Ukraine, uh, I guess one of the things I've learnt about it is wars take longer than people tend to anticipate at the start it's like world war one was meant to be over by christmas wasn't it and uh uh and this one's taken longer than people anticipated and i suspect the sort of slow moving tragedy will continue but um if ukraine is politically divided economically ruined uh socially torn apart with you know the the language and the religion and the the just the you know the extreme nationalism and all that sort of thing uh and there's serious attacks on electricity infrastructure through the winter and uh increasing reports of military setbacks across the whole front increasing reports of um uh, Ukrainian soldiers, you know, sort of ringing the the Russian hotline to surrender and give themselves up. I mean, it just looks so, so, so dreadful and so tragic. And the the West is now sort of running for cover, uh, unable to provide the money and trying to find a scapegoat that doesn't point the finger at them, which is... Uh, Given how much, um, how much, uh, how many, how many sort of injections of ridiculous optimism and ridiculous hope they provided through the the media to the, the Ukrainian um, people and to the Ukrainian uh, elites over the last two years is just so. Um, I mean, it's 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 a very it's a dog act so to speak i would say to be uh blunt about it and yeah, uh, in, yeah in your piece yeah yeah you refer to uh the this uh coming winter as a dark winter for ukraine yeah. and for some people listening we know dark winter also refers to the 2001 um biological weapons simulation by the ah, <laughs> ah. pentagon uh so it's a it's an interesting term that a dark winter multiple meanings it's time jeff for our uh break again a reminder to people that um you can call in at the top of tncradio.live our the phone numbers are always uh there on jeff's websites the burning archive.com jeffrich.substack.com we shall return the european central bank is saying the quiet part out loud about central bank digital currency from Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The president of the European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde, admitted the EU's new central bank digital currency will be used to impose control. 
there will be control. You're right. You're completely right. Mm -hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros, we could have a mechanism where there is zero control. But that could be dangerous. The terrorist attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small anonymous credit cards that you can recharge in total anonymity. Did you get that? You have to give up your freedom and use a central bank digital currency and no more cash because of a terrorist attack 10 years ago. What's the bigger threat? Tyrannical government trying to protect you or the terrorists themselves? Reject central bank digital currency. Reject the Great Reset. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint. Julian Assange dared to expose the truth. He dared to expose war crimes and corporate corruption. And he's now a political prisoner while the mainstream media censors and distorts the true story. In May 2019, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture, Nils Melzer, published a scathing condemnation of the injustice inflicted on Julian Assange. Melzer said, quote, in 20 years of work with victims of war, violence and political persecution, I have never seen a group of democratic states ganging up to deliberately isolate, demonize and abuse a single individual for such a long time and with so little regard for human dignity and the rule of law." Unquote. And Melzer said this can only be described as psychological torture. Years later, Assange still sits in jail with barely a whimper of protest from the so-called free media. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It is our final segment with Jeff Rich, author, retired Australian government official. Check out his stuff, theburningarchive.com. And Jeff, uh, I saw recently uh, you put out a notice. It's on your website as well. Government writer masterclass. Are you interested if you want to tell us a bit about this? Um, yeah, so uh, I guess the, my main skill when I was in government was um, writing. So I, I've um, developed this sort of online course um, for uh, particularly targeting people who are in government who need to write, not just like speech writers or whatever, but everyone in government needs to write emails, and briefs and all that kind of stuff to um, you know, get the benefit of my 30 years of uh, experience on how to do it. So I'm not sure. Do you get a lot of government officials listening to your uh, radio show? <laughs> you never know. Maybe maybe, maybe all those uh, <laughs> people monitoring us uh, in uh, some agency might um, uh, check out the website. But you can go to I think it's courses.jeffrichwriter.com and check it out. And this is the first time uh, I'm sort of running it. I'm really sort of, I guess, targeting people who work in government who who can get the department to, to pay the bills kind of thing. Uh, and, yeah, so um, this is my attempt to uh, earn an income for a because uh, writing screeds about Ukraine and... Uh, what not isn't isn't uh isn't paying the bills at this point <laughs> but yeah yes. i think people would really like the course and I, I, I you know uh i think i've got a pretty good track record on writing i've, I've delivered the course so if people are interested 
in writing. They'll do that. And uh, over the next few months, I'm planning to do a couple of other online courses on maybe on writing, but also on sort of historical geopolitical type topics as well. Well, for the FBI agents and NSA intelligence officers assigned to listen to every Hiraboy <laughs> Moric show broadcast, uh, there you go. It's but, a great program. Uh, Check it out. <laughs> but I mean, well, we have a number of guests that are government officials. Um, and even I'm surprised by, uh, you know, they often say quality, not quantity, but some of the people that listen to my TNT shows and, and um, uh, podcasts are, in fact, some of my very own uh, long time guests of mine and I get surprised like oh you're you're listening uh so you know very uh you, again you, you just absolutely never uh know and I thought I'd mention this as well I just came across yesterday the latest economist cover oh, yeah. and oh, you yeah. know how often people uh deconstruct the economist covers this one yeah. is interesting the world ahead 2024 i actually first got wind of it last night through um, a mexican journalist that i follow and uh on the on the cover you've got uh zelensky facing putin you've got uh xi jinping and biden uh looking in the opposite directions and then they've got claudia scheinbaum on there which is the candidate for president uh, in mexico so are this is economists telling us that claudia is going to be the next president of mexico there's oh. trump with a question mark um you got nukes versus the 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 dove of um peace and yeah, so yeah. And if you got you've got the Neuralink thing and all seeing eye on a screen connected to brains so uh I thought that was um interesting, interesting. but uh, uh any thought uh -huh, go ahead uh, the the economists they, they have you heard of this this uh, group called good judgment who have a um I think it was Philip Tetlock set it up and it's uh it it uh, advises on how to make forecasts okay so it sort of says you know make probabilistic forecasts and use lots of different types of information but they run these forecasting competitions and every year they do one in conjunction with the annual year ahead publication by the economist which has just come out and I, I actually checked the the questions because uh in this year's uh forecasting um uh um uh competition and uh they're a classic case of they're usually a classic case of push polling so last year for example they said you know how likely is it that Erdogan will lose the election in Turkey uh, sort of thing uh, and this year, the only question that the economists could bring themselves to ask about the 2024 uh, US election, presidential election, was uh, 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 will the Democratic candidate for the US election be ahead in the opinion polls in September 2024? They can't say, hmm, who do you think will win the 2024 election? <laughs> But they, they don't want to use the T word, uh, <laughs> Trump, but um, it's anybody's. I had a guest on recently from Serbia on my podcast, a very oh, popular yeah, Serbian. That. that was great. Yeah, Mario Bojic from Belgrade. Um, he's got 100,000 plus followers. Really, really interesting guy. Uh, he said he's going to be on, on his podcast, he's going to be focusing more on what's happening in America. Uh, and I'd agree. And he's not the only person I've heard say this, that a lot of people are expecting something crazy to happen in the United States 
next year because you know the, the deep state just has to pull something you know there's been talk of a cyber false flag you know to push ahead the cbdc anything to meddle with the elections um yeah i i i don't know uh we got about three and a half minutes left uh you know something else that i was concerned about uh also was this i just read that there was well you know it says bosnian serb leader expects bosnia to break up by 2030 uh meanwhile you've got uh the u.s army the pacific launching massive theater-wide u.s is u.s versus china war game so uh you know any other thoughts here uh jeff uh, well, years ago, I read a book by Felipe Fernandez Amesto called Millennium, and which was about the history of the last thousand years. And he made five predictions at the end of that book. And one of those predictions is that some of the big states of the world would uh, ultimately break up because the um, just the the different identities within the 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 big nation state were were going to be too difficult, and the two ones he said might break up were China and the United States of America. And at the time, it seemed you know this was published in like late 1990s, so it seemed an outrageous prediction to say anything bad would happen to the United States. But the the social tensions the political dysfunction, uh, the military overextension, the economic problems are pretty catastrophic. So, And there's not a lot of a sense that there's a, a virtuous, capable elite that can um, ride through those stormy waters. So, you know, wouldn't rule it out, but it, it's really hard to make a prediction about those events. But uh, I think in one of my pieces, I did say that, you know, dark winter is coming for Ukraine in 2023, and it's also coming for the United States in 2024. So, yeah. I, that, that's the title of this talk, dark winter coming for <laughs> Ukraine and the United States. And, you know, I, I could see that as well. I mean, the I always say geopolitics doesn't care about your emotions. It's not what I want, but uh, just looking at taking a sober assessment, cold calculation, as you just outlined, uh, that could be a scenario for the United States mm. um, breaking apart. Um, mm. And in, in many ways, that's what the elites want. The globalists, uh, the city of London, whatever you want to call them, they love divide and conquer, balkanization. Uh, what, you know, what my Serbian podcast guest, he said that, uh, Brussels, Washington, and London dismantled Yugoslavia and bought up all of our um, industry. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to uh, find out. I also thought, you know, Badra Kumar, the Indian punchline, I'm sure you read him. Yep. Uh, I also found interesting his recent article. He said that India uh, officially has sort of like waded into the Washington camp, which is also uh, interesting. But we're we're out of time. Forty five seconds left. Uh, again, let us know where we can uh, your projects and where we can find you. Uh, well, you can check out theburningarchive.com, uh, which has links to my Substack, my YouTube, my podcast, uh, and do check out my uh, podcast uh, YouTube channel as well. I think I. I just did a, a post in my podcast talking about how you narrate different stories, how you pick false narratives in geopolitics on the YouTube channel. Uh, so check that out. And uh, I've got a couple of good good interviews coming up on, on that one as well. I'll be looking forward. <clears throat> I'll be looking forward to that. Until next time. Thank you, Jeff. Cheers, Ravi.